Hi, and welcome to the Jimboomba Baptist Church Sermon of the Week. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged by this message. Things coming in, like sunlight or, you know, whatever. I remember I was on a beach mission and I was in, prepare yourself, I'll keep it PG. I was in the male toilets, all right? In the male toilets with a bunch of other young 20s males, okay? And there were a bunch of showers and Beach Mission, we did shower once in a while. So we're having a shower because Beach Mission was pretty intense. We get hot and sweaty every single day. And we had curtains on those showers because what are curtains meant to do? Keep things out, right? Let's say it. What are curtains meant to do? Keep things out. That's what curtains are designed to do. So when you're having a shower, one thing it's meant to do is keep people out. <laughs> but also keep people's vision and other things and objects out. Well, we were all taking a shower and talking to each other, as you do across the cubicles, and all of a sudden I hear this, ah, and then, oh, and then laughing, and then a bit of a pause, ah, and then more laughing, and then another pause, ah. And what had happened was that someone thought it would be a good idea some disgusting young man thought it would be a good idea. You know how hair gets caught in the drain? This was in a public toilet, public showers. They'd scooped out a hairball from the drain of all those people that have showered in there. And they'd actually put it in their hands and thrown it over and it landed on someone's back. That was the, ah, and then they've discovered what it is and passed on the joy. (laughs) Ah, and it kept going and going. And the story gets worse from there. It's PG, so I'm not going to (laughs) continue. Curtains are what? Meant to? Keep things out. Keep hairballs out. Curtains are meant to keep things out. Where do you find curtains? Where do you find curtains? On a... In the shower? In the shower, yes. Good illustration. Anywhere else? A window. A window to keep the sunlight out, maybe? Or to keep people from looking in. Where else do you find a curtain? A hospital. What's that for? Keep germs out? Uh, Privacy, yes. On trucks, they have a curtain, and what's that? Some keep things in. Yeah, sometimes they used to keep things in. Maybe on a stage. Have you ever seen a curtain on a stage? What's that for? Keep the surprise. A surprise, maybe. Yeah. The anticipation. Build up anticipation. Curtains are meant to keep things out. Sometimes keep things in. Did you know that there's a curtain in a way, over this whole planet, over every person in a way, did you know, in a way, that there's a curtain over God? Over God's presence, we know he's everywhere, but his intense manifest presence, there is a curtain. God's presence is covered. Did you know that? Which is why when we look around, we don't obviously see God. 
When we look around, it's not obvious to us that God is here. When we look around, it's just not obvious that, wow, God. God's presence is covered. Why would God cover his presence? Why would God cover his presence? He wants to be in relationship with us, doesn't he? He wants to know you personally. So why would he cover himself? If I wanted to know you, would I do this? Hello, I am Scott. Would I do that? No. So why would God cover himself? Did you know it wasn't always that way? He didn't always cover himself the way he does. In the Garden of Eden, he was pretty uncovered. And he talked with Adam and Eve, and he walked with Adam and Eve, and they saw him in some kind of way. He wasn't always covered. But when we did wrong as humanity, evil and sin and brokenness entered us. And God covered himself, not because there's something wrong with him, but because there was something wrong with us. And God was not covering himself from us. God was covering himself for us. Have you ever seen a chocolate sitting out in the sun? What happens to a chocolate that you've left in the car in the sun? It melts. It melts. It can't handle the sun, can it? And if you leave your chocolate, which I'm sure there are none left, out in the sun... What will happen? It can't handle the sun, can it? And when we sinned, when we did wrong, we could no longer handle God's presence. We would melt. We would melt in his presence. That's not good, is it? That's not good. So how can we enter God's presence if we can't handle God's presence? Just wait on this one, little one. How can we enter God's presence? Now, there's only one way. And God set up this way in the Old Testament, okay? And it was called the tabernacle. It was called the tabernacle. Do you know what tabernacle means? It means dwelling place, but it's like a tent. And it was like a tent temple, a place where God would dwell. And the only way, there was only one right way to enter into God's presence. Who of you would choose if you know, knew how to get through to God's very presence, who of you would choose to go into God's presence? Mia would. And I knew it would be you. So you're going to be our illustration. All right. Now, girls, you need to come and stand up here now because we're going to build a tabernacle. Oop. All right. And just over here a little bit. Okay. So... The tabernacle was the only place God's special presence dwelled on earth. And it was the only place you could properly meet with God. Okay? The tabernacle was like a big tent. First, there was the outer court, which was like a big fence all the way around. Do you remember this, adults? The tabernacle had a big fence all the way around it. What was that called? The outer courts, the outer courts, a big fence around this tent. And then within that big fence was a tent. 
and you would enter this first tent through a curtain. And what was the first room of that tent called? Come on. The holy place. And there were pieces of furniture in that first room. Gold things and bread and lampstand and things and altar and incense. And all these things that God had specifically said. Hey, do you know how many chapters God in the Bible has used to describe creation? How many? Two. You're right, two. Genesis 1, Genesis 2. How many chapters in the Bible has God used to describe entering into his presence in the tabernacle? I don't know, but it's a lot. It's a lot. Exodus, Leviticus, there are so many detailed chapters of how to build this tent with the outer court, and then you go through the first curtain, and then you're in the most holy place, and then, over here, Don, stand right here. Keep going, keep going. After entering the second curtain, you would enter a place called the most holy place or the, or the holy of holies. And this was where God's manifest presence, the intense presence of God would dwell. Okay? Uh, Reese and Renee, could you please put that box just at the bottom of that cross there? That is the Ark of the Covenant, which was behind the curtain when you'd go into the holy of holies. See, God's presence in this tent temple was covered by a curtain. And who could go behind that curtain? Do you know? Jesus wasn't around yet. God would dwell behind that curtain, yes. The Holy Spirit's everywhere, yes. I like your answers. <laughs> a priest could go behind. Only the high priest. Only the high priest. Mia, you were that high priest. Even though, come on, stand up. Even though the high priest could only be a man, okay? Today, you're our man. <laughs> okay. All right. So, to get the high priest ready to go behind the curtain into the manifest presence of God on behalf of all God's people. What needed to happen? Probably a haircut first. Grow your beard out a little bit. Don't have one. Don't have one? Okay. Um, could I, Renee, could I get you to uh, see that blue uh, thing? We need to dress you like a high priest. And then we need to consecrate you. Does anyone know what the word consecrate means? No, me either. But it means to do special things to get someone ready. Right? You're getting something ready for a holy task. Yep, you can put that on. That's a robe. You can put it just over her shoulders is fine. Yep, it's going to get hot, Mia. All right. Now, what we also need to do. Could I have those bowls down there and that oil? Thanks, Louis. We need to make you ready. Now, this process could take a long time. And you need to get ready for a week before this happens. Your thoughts need to be pure, young lady. Pure. You need to confess all known sin. You need to 
abstain from all kinds of things. And if you're a man, there was no fun with your wife. Otherwise, that could mean your life. For a week leading up to entering the most holy place. Now, we need to anoint you with oil to make you ready to enter God's presence. You can't just stroll in there. Because you know what happened when a couple of priests strolled in there without doing the right process? detailed process, long process, they dropped dead. They died. Are you ready for this, man? Are you okay? Are you feeling okay about this? We better do this right. Hey, can I? Can I put it on your head? Just a dot. Mom, can we do this? Yeah, okay. There we go. We anoint you. We make you ready to enter God's presence. And then we've got to wash you too. All right, so just stand still. (laughs) (laughs) No, I won't do that. Wash your hands and wash your face. Yep, dip your hands in and wash your face. You've got to be ceremonially clean. Yeah, both hands. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, and maybe we'll wash again because this is blood. It's tomato sauce, really, but it's blood. And you know what needs to happen? We need to dab a little bit on your right earlobe, on your right thumb, and on your right big toe. <laughs> Look at her. <laughs> we'll wash it after. Okay. Ready? You put your right thumb in there. Just a little bit. You can wipe it off there. And do you want to dab a little bit on your ear? Just to symbolize. And we'll pretend we've done it to your toe too. Okay. This is quite extensive, isn't it? Yep. All right. Such a process just to get you ready. And did you know what? You can only do this once a year. Once a year. You can all this stuff to enter into God's very presence. You can only do once a year. Okay, now, what do we need to do now to get ready to go in? Hop in? Oh, it's not that simple, young lady. You've got sin in your life that needs atoning for. In other words, the stuff we've done wrong leads to death. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? Like, wow. That's very heavy. And God made a way, though, in the old covenant that he loves people so much and he loves animals so much. But you know what? And this grieves his heart that this has to happen. But death needs to happen for sins to truly be forgiven. So how much have you sinned lately? How big would the sacrifice have to be? Huge, your mother says. The Bible actually says we need a young bull. That's pretty big, a bull. Louis, could you find a bull over there? A cow will do. Yep, okay. All right. And do you know what needs to happen to this bull? Just let's, we'll keep it PG, okay? So we'll just, um, we'll just put the bull here next to the bowl and know what happened to that bull. But you get to eat later, which is good because everyone loves meat, right? Okay. So there's that. But actually the Bible lays out more things. Hey, Louie, do we have a ram over there? A sheep is the closest thing we got to a ram. That will do. All right. 
this also needs to be sacrificed. Do you know what it means to sacrifice? To die. We'll put him by the bowl too. Oh no, we got two dogs. I couldn't find goats, so we've got two dogs. <laughs> now. All right. Now, here's the thing. One of these dogs is going to end up where they've ended up, but one gets to run away. The scapegoat. If my dog were being chosen, my dog always runs away. He'd be a good scapegoat. <laughs> so, choose which one. No. <laughs> Anybody? All right. Votes for this dog to run away. Hands up. Don't votes for this dog to run away. Okay, sorry. Uh, this one has its demise. Now, Mia, you need to confess the sins of this community and lay your hands on this goat and confess all their sins. And then we'll let it run away into the desert. It's called the scapegoat. So you put your hands on the top of the, the dog. Now tell us all your mum's sins. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. <laughs> so there are many sins in this community, many seen, many unseen. And we confess all their sins. And then this Douglas gets to run away into the desert. I don't want to let you know what usually happens in the desert to animals, though. Okay. It's run away. And now, this isn't even part, like, this is a tiny bit of the process. Now we need to take this bowl because we've got some blood flicking to do. Do you want to hold that? All right. Now, as we approach, we've got to flick it on the altar. So let's pretend. You, got, you come over here again. Thanks. And step back three steps. Three steps. Good. All right. You come forward and let's do some flicking. No, we're going to pretend. All right. We're flicking. Flicking from the animal sacrifices. This is to make sure everything's right. And there's incense. So we're making smoke. Smoke. I didn't want to smoke everyone out. All right. And we're flicking. And do you think it's ready, time to go behind the curtain where the manifest presence of God, where if we haven't done this whole process right, you might die. Are you ready? Yeah. Are you really ready? Yeah. Yeah. Now, you step to the side just a second so we can have a look at this for a second, okay, Emily? Thank you. Now, above the Ark of the Covenant... When you come behind this curtain, what's going to be? There's going to be a cloud. Your, your incense, your smoke will cover this place, because God's presence still needs to be veiled in a way, because otherwise you could drop dead. This is the old covenant. But God's presence will dwell above this ark of the covenant, and the cherubim are here. Imagine those, and there are things in this box, like the law, like the budded uh, rod of Aaron and some manna that God fed them in the desert in a golden uh, bowl. Okay? But this is where God's presence is going to be, where he will speak to you on behalf of all of Israel, all of the people of God, and then you will flick some blood onto the Ark of the Covenant to atone for the sins of all these people. 
so not so that they can come into God's manifest presence, because only you can do that once a year, but rather so that their sins are forgiven and they don't cop the consequences of their sin. Are you ready? All right, so curtain, come back over, please, over here. You cover up the ark. And the priest would actually wear bells on his garment. Do you know why? Because if those bells stopped ringing, what might have happened? He's not moving, which means what might have happened? Died. Yeah. You go up there and, and help that girl. There we go. Thank you. All right. Are you ready to go? All right. You may go through the curtain. There's no real opening in the middle. I don't know how they did it. Here. Go under. Give her a cheer, everybody. Hold it up. Now, we've got to listen carefully. Hold it as high as you can. We've got to listen carefully to make sure she doesn't drop dead in the presence of God. And you flick that and atone for the sins of the whole community. And she does her role, and then you can come back out. Yep, you can come back out. And give her a cheer, everybody. And you can put that down. Thank you, Mia. Bless you. You can use the water to wash up if you like. Give her another hand. You can drop that. You can sit down if you like. But we need that curtain still up, okay? Yep, you can go and wash your hands. A massively long and detailed process to build the tabernacle, to enter in, to make sure that high priest was all good and all right, and to enter in to the, you know, and do the sacrifices, enter into the holy place, and then make sure everything's right to be able to enter in to the most holy place, where even then there's a cloud veiling. God's manifest presence, but his powerful presence would reside there. And only once a year, only the high priest could go in to atone for the sins of the community and be in the manifest presence of God. What limited access to God? How limited to his manifest presence? What was God's design for creation? relationship, close relationship with his people. And there was such limitation here. But then in history, something changed. What changed? Jesus came. Who was Jesus? The Son of God and God himself. And Jesus was God which means God's very presence was on the earth with us, though still veiled. Not everyone recognized him as God, did they? Not everyone noticed instantly that he was God. But yet God was walking around and talking and doing the things that God willed to do. Healing people, bringing people life, uh, bringing the oppressed out into freedom. 
bringing the people who were social outcasts back into the family of community. This is what Jesus did. God's very presence on earth. God's presence to some degree unveiled to people. But there's still a massive limitation. How many people could talk to Jesus at one time? One. How many people could Jesus seriously pay attention to at one time? How many places could Jesus be in at one time? One. So are you telling me that even the veiled presence of Jesus was the best that there could be when when there are thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people who need access to God and His very presence? Jesus knew the problem and He'd been sent by the Father not just to be the presence of God for people in that moment of history but rather to open up a whole new way. And on the cross, on the cross, it says this in Mark fifteen thirty-seven: With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. Jesus died on the cross. And you know what it says? It says the curtain of the temple. What did the curtain keep out? God's very presence. His very presence. And the, tur- the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who saw there in front of Jesus how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. And Hebrews chapter 10 Verse 20 also says that Jesus, his body, his very body was the curtain. His very body was the curtain. And when Jesus died, you got muscles? You got muscles? Can you pull? When Jesus died, the curtain was torn. Yeah, come on. Do you know what that means? Everyone can enter. Free access to God. His manifest presence, no longer only accessible by a high priest once a year through all the ritual and rules, but rather Jesus the high priest did it for us. You can sit down, ladies. Thank you. Give him a hand. And you put that curtain there. We'll put this curtain there. And through Jesus' death, It says that Jesus' body was the curtain. And when he died, the curtain was torn in two from top to bottom, meaning that everyone has free access to God. We can freely enter into God's presence. How? Through the curtain, which is Jesus. Through Jesus. There's still only one way to enter into God's manifest presence. It's Jesus. He's made the way. He's done all the work. No more sacrifices. No more rituals. No more rules for us to be able to access freely God's incredible, intense presence. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then approach 
God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. Adults, church, if you were given the opportunity to go through a bunch of rituals and rules and regulations once a year to enter in to God's manifest presence. So one day of the year, you had the opportunity to do that, to actually enter in to God's manifest presence, to hear what he's saying, to know what he's doing. Would you go through, would you jump through the hoops to do that? I think I would. I think I'd say if there was one day a year and I had to do all this stuff to get ready, I think I'd take the time to get ready. I think I'd make use of that opportunity to jump through the hoops, even if it was pretty crazy, to be in the presence of the creator of the universe. And Jesus has made the way for us and told us to confidently and freely approach the throne room of grace at any time. And I think the sad part is, it's like a poor man walking to work in a quarry every day because he can't feed his family. And he walks past a hole that is full of gold on his own land and doesn't even know about it. And he goes and tirelessly works and stays so poor even though there is free access right there. And I feel like that's us. So often we walk past, we, we, we forget all the work Jesus has gone to to make access to God free to, so that we can confidently and boldly Whenever, like whenever, like when the baby's crying and whatever, I don't need to like, well, kind of get right. Jesus has made it right. I can freely enter. Let us not take this opportunity for granted, but let's daily enter into his presence, his manifest presence, his powerful life-transforming presence. This is incredible. Hebrews 10, 19 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence, do you have confidence to enter the most holy place? It says, Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. See, not by any other way not by thinking we're good enough, by dressing well enough, by saying the right things, by thinking the right things, not by any other kind of thing, you know, that we've been to church enough or we've prayed enough or read our Bible, not by any of those things, but we freely and confidently enter the most holy place. That's God's manifest presence by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up to us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great high priest that is Jesus, over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. 
Jesus has done it all. This is awesome news. How many people in the room are mourning people? I don't understand you. I don't understand you. How many people don't understand mourning people? Okay, bless you, mourning people. I've wanted to be one of you for many years. I'm not one of you. I've tried. I'm not a mourning person. And when we and we've in our bedroom, we have blackout curtains because married to a shift worker, you need to block out the light because sometimes people need to sleep during the day. And we've got these blackout blockout curtains so you could sleep all through the day if you wanted. No sunlight. It's really good. But sometimes when we wake up or the alarm goes off, and it's just hard to wake up. Whoever wakes up first does a grace to the other by going to the curtain and pulling it open and letting the light shine through because light wakes you up. And when you freely take this opportunity to enter into God's presence daily, God's light, his manifest presence comes into our lives and it actually helps wake not only us up, but others up. God's presence in us works through us. We not only have a privilege and a freedom to enter God's throne room of his great presence. Church, listen, we have a responsibility to do that on behalf of others. Arise and shine. Arise and shine. Christ is risen. And as we enter God's presence, he does something in us and does something through us. And it affects everyone around us. Isn't that good news, church? We're going to worship for a couple more songs. But I want to make this an opportunity for you to respond. Maybe you've been a Christian a long time. Maybe you don't know what Christianity and following Jesus is all about. We're going to move these animals and this tomato sauce, but the halves of the curtain are going to stay here. As the worship team come up, and kids, you can do this too. As a symbol of entering into God's presence only through Jesus, I want anyone who just wants to respond, thanks, Louis, Respond to God and to make a statement that by Jesus and through Jesus, I'm coming into your presence. I want anyone out there and any of the kids to come and walk through this torn curtain, which is Jesus. And you can stand at the front and kneel or worship. You can, yeah, you can stand or kneel or sit down, do whatever. But I want to make this opportunity so you can come and respond to God and say, yes, God, I don't want to take for granted all you've done for me. All you've done for me. I'm going to worship you in spirit and in truth. You've opened the way for us to freely come as we are. How good is that? Let me pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for sending your son and doing an incredible work that any of us can freely enter into your manifest presence. What a gift. Thank you that we can walk on holy ground all day long because you are with us because Jesus was the temple that was torn for us. Thank you. And as we put our trust in you, that Jesus, you are the only way to the Father, 
we walk through you into God's presence. Thank you, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. So if you'd all stand, and during these next couple songs, just feel free. Thank you for joining us. If you'd like more info, please see our website at jbc.org.au. May you know Jesus' presence with you. Have a great day and God bless.